Hello everyone and welcome to episode 167 of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Today we have two segments for you. Kicking the show off, myself, Zach, Andy, and Mike do a little 3DS retrospective now that we are on the eve of the new 3DS. And after that, Nick and Curtis get together to talk all about Majora's Mask 3D. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this segment of Connectivity. I am Scott Thompson, and today I am with Andy Gergen. What's up? Mike Sklens. The only time Nintendo allows voice chat is connectivity. <laughs> and Zach Miller. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Wait, what sound effect was that? Sorry, that was that was wrong. At, 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 at. I still don't know what that is. It really? familiar. All right. What That's is it? from Mars Attacks. Oh, okay. Sounded sounded like some Animal Crossing bullshit right there. Yeah, right. Oh, okay. Sorry. I was like, no, wait, like... what game is that Yoshi from? <laughs> um. So yeah, this is kind of an old school crew as we were talking about. I don't think I've recorded with uh Andy here in probably twelve months at least. Um. But I think he's got the the podcasting bug now after the newscast segment last week. Which I got. Very well. I built myself a new PC, and part of oh, yeah, part of yeah. that was like bu- buying some better podcasting equipment. And so I'm just kind of like down to try it out. And like, so I got, silky smooth. I, I got a, I got a better mic and now I have a, now I have a pop filter. So that's good. And, uh, I had been using like some old, like giant ass Logitech headphones, which was my previously my headset, but it was also my headphones while I was like adjusting to this new mic. But like until I got like a better solution, you could very clearly hear everyone else's audio on my, on my mm, track. That's so always trouble, yeah. Tonight, I think I actually might have the best audio of my short, well, not short, my extended podcasting life. Nice. Cause I've got awesome. earbuds and I've got a pop filter and I'm like an audio, well set. Pro- I'm like the, the, the like quintessential audio amateur professional. <laughs> yeah, I will say that editing the newscast segment last week, I thought your audio, yeah, was noticeably better than I had remembered it be. Yes. So it, thank it's God. working. Uh, now no, now it's just my like... shitty voice. That's all. That's the only problem now. <laughs> yeah. Now you just got to get that voice box that's uh, right. transplant. Um, Next Christmas. <laughs> so on uh, this segment, uh, the plan is to talk about the Nintendo 3DS um, with the new 3DS launching in America in just, what, a week and a half now, I guess? Uh, what is it? The 13th it launches? Is that correct? Yeah, we're uh, we're like just a... in time to ruin Valentine's Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're nine I days. I swear out. I'm paying attention. Yeah, nine days. Um, so we thought, you know what? Well, this would be kind of fun, a, a fun time to look back and remember sort of the launch of the the 3DS and then those first couple of years. Because I feel like now we can all pretty much agree the 3DS is a great system. Um, sales have slowed down, but that's going to happen as you just sort of hit that saturation point. Um, but I, I think generally now everyone looks favorably at the Nintendo 3DS, but it was very much not the case, uh, for a, a good stretch of time. Uh, that first year yeah. was very rocky. Rough. So, yeah, <laughs> no joke. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of look back and remember the 3DS and talk about just when, when that flipped for us, when each of us was like, okay, I'm into this Nintendo 3DS thing. Like, I am sold. Uh, this is a, a good successor to the Nintendo DS, which was just wildly successful. Uh, so it'll be a trip down memory lane. Um, so let's start with the launch. Uh, the system launched on March 27th, 2011 here in North America. Uh, some notable launch games, if you want to call them that, were Pilot Wings, Steel Diver, Nintendogs, 
and uh, Nintendogs and Cats. Plus Cats. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, Street Fighter Four. There were a few others, but to me, those were kind of the most notable. And I forgot how expensive the system was at launch until I was looking oh, today. Oh, yeah. $250. Um, and it, it came with no games or anything, of course. Uh, let's talk about that. Did you guys all, all pick one up right at launch? I did. I did. I almost didn't. And then, yeah, almost didn't uh, as well. I was like real close to not because I was like, there's no good games. And then I found, um, my old power book, my old Apple power book, like sitting in like a, uh, closet somewhere. And I was like, I should sell this to some struggling college student who just <laughs> needs a laptop to get by. And I was like, I'll sell this for, I think it was like 150 or $200 because those old power books still held their value at least, at least to get enough out of it. I think I actually might have sold it for exactly $250 because I just priced it at the price of a 3DS. I said, if I can just flip this power book, I'll get a 3DS. Mm-hmm. And I, did. I actually sold my last desktop PC to fund my new 3DS XL, so <laughs> so I guess we had that in common. I'm selling my 3DS XL to fund my new 3DS XL. Wait, how are you going <laughs> to deal with the SD transfer? I'm just selling it after I get the new one. Oh, okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I, I, I will too, I will too. Uh, I, um, I would not have gotten a 3DS at launch if I didn't have like $150 in Best Buy gift cards saved up for uh, something. Okay. <laughs> Just waiting. May as well get this. Yeah, why not? I didn't get a game with it, so that was an error. Oh, really? Well, I didn't want any of the games. Yeah. I was planning on reviewing some games, but then I think Neil ended up just reviewing the entire damn launch lineup. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think he might have sent me a couple of games to to try out, um, one of which I think might have been the infamous Cubic Ninja, now that I think about it. Was that a launch mm-hmm. game? Feels like it was awfully close to launch. Um, I, review, that's the game I, that I reviewed you don't that know. shitty Splinter Cell 3 D-Make. Tactical game? Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, that yeah. was a tactical I... game. No, this is Splinter Cell. It was a 3D. It was an actual Splinter Cell game. They're shitty. Oh, okay. I just got Pilot Wings. I eventually That's got the one that, that too. I got as well, yeah. I think that was the only game that I really got with my system. And even that was sort of like maybe after the fact. It was, yeah, it was several months away from I don't me. think I actually ordered any games with the console. I think I was hoping for some review copies that never came. And uh, I think maybe Gamefly? I'm not even sure, honestly, but I know that I got my system sort of last minute. Like, I, I got it from Amazon before the... Sh- yep, me too. The, uh, b- before the great schism, schism? Schism. Um, before the great split between Amazon and Nintendo, I got my uh, 3DS from Amazon. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember thinking it was pretty expensive at the time, but not... I didn't feel like it was outrageously expensive. I thought it was probably overpriced, but considering what it could do, I mean... In theory. It was the only device like it on the market. Like, the only device that had glasses-free 3D in, like, a consumer fashion, uh, mass now market fashion. A, now we're getting a larger version with upgraded hardware, and it's $50 less. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's well, the it's thing. also I, five years later. Yeah. The tech has definitely Four years down later, sorry. Price. Four years yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if the, if it coming off of the DS, if the, if it was just kind of a thought like, well, I think we can get away with this because of how popular the DS was, so people will naturally upgrade. I think um, they wanted to price it out of the market a bit, too, because they didn't want to undercut DS sales. Right. They, they weren't sure if this thing would yeah. succeed. Yeah. In which the, the regular DS stayed on shelves, like, for years after the 3 Yeah, well, the DSi launched. was still, you know, out at that time. Isn't the DSi still available? 
I don't, I don't know. Think, I think I don't think I've seen it. I haven't seen it okay. lately. I I remember I, not long ago though. I saw it on a cl- the clearance aisle at Target for ninety nine dollars. Okay. There you go. They still sell DS games like at True. Target. Yeah, they do. You, know, yeah. you can go they to Target do. right now and still buy regular DS games. It's yeah, I'm sure it helps that that, that the systems are completely backwards compatible. Yeah, like yeah, I, right. if if the 3DS couldn't play DS games, I don't think that would be the case. But they they still sell and you can still play them. So um, yeah, I know their silverware. Yeah, that's true, for the most part. Um, I know for me, I think, I didn't get the 3DS, like, day of launch, but I definitely got it within probably the first few weeks of launch. Um, that was before, that was probably a few months before I started actually, like, writing in podcasts and Nintendo World Report. So, um, I still did, like, some writing, uh, for, like, a, a much smaller site, but I really wasn't, like, you know, now at this point, like, I feel like I'd have to pretty much get anything if I could afford it, right? Because we talk about so much, we write about so much, like, yeah. I don't want to be informed. But there really yeah. wasn't a requirement then. But I, I still ended up getting it, and the only game I got at launch was uh the Ghost Recon uh, and you liked that strategy game, game. That was the one I was thinking of. The tactical game. I, I did actually really like that. Um, I'd be interested to go back and play it now a few years later, but as far as, like, a launch game goes, I was really into it. Um. And so I remember that whole summer was sort of spent, like, playing that game while watching uh, episodes of, like, Doctor Who in the background, um, as that was also the summer I first really got into Doctor Who. So uh, I kind of have some positive memories there. Um, so, yeah, uh, but the system did not do very well <laughs> to start off. Um, there were not very many good games, uh, if if any really at all, um, for, for quite some time. Uh, I think what I think Ocarina of Time I've got it here did eventually come out like at the end of June it looks yeah, like yeah it's a summer game and that was like the first real I feel like that was the first real game for 3ds yeah I would say so um how how have you guys felt about the uh, like the 3D effect I at first when I got the system I was like well it's 3D I have to keep it on like that's the whole point True. so yeah me too the the first few months I was very much uh you know had the 3D turned up the the whole time. I think Ocarina of Time is what finally got me to turn it off because I just, playing that game for long stretches of time, I just, it started to hurt my eyes. I didn't yeah. really like it. And it pretty easily, um, it pretty easily started to, if you moved your arms even a little bit, yeah. it started to shift away and that was terrible. Yeah. So. I think I played most of Ocarina of Time in 3D. I think I've probably kept the 3D on more than anyone I know. Okay. And, but, but now, now, um, I still use it occasionally. Um, the, the game I really didn't use it with, at all with was Smash Brothers. I turned it on just to see what it looked like. Uh, and then that's what I do for most games is I turn it on to see what it kind of looks like in 3D. And then most of the time I leave the 3D about 50%. Um, cause if you leave it around there, it's, it's actually pretty tolerable even for decent stretches of time. Uh, but I feel like everyone else, like within like the first year, just mm-hmm. just I was like, still this is play in 3D. Do you really? I still play. Like, I played most of Codename the Codename Steam demo. In 3D. I played 2D. Yeah, I, I played I 2D still. games in 3D. I mean, it depends on like how I'm playing it. Because if I'm laying in bed, it doesn't work because yeah, not, it's not at the right angle. But if I'm playing on the couch and I'm not, I, I think with Smash, <coughs> pardon me, I think with Smash Brothers more than any other game, I've been turning it off simply because that game is so frenetic. It can it can detract from the experience, but like Link Between Worlds, I played entirely in 3D. Me um, too. Ocarina of Time, I played entirely. In, I, I I've played most of my games, most of my like single player campaign style gaming has been spent in 3D, except for when I'm like lying in bed. Like if if I'm if it's comfortable to have it on, I have it on. I, I've never had an issue with like eye strain or anything at all. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you, Andy. 
Well, I don't. What I don't like is that like the the gyro aiming in, in games like Star Fox and Zelda and yeah. uh, I think maybe uh, Resident Evil. I forget. No, um, no, but I know what you're no? talking about. Okay, well, the gyro aiming is like one of the best features of the system, and it's basically completely broken if you use the 3D mode. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm hoping the new 3DS will take care of that, but be, but considering that it takes a second to adjust. Yeah. When you move the system a little bit, I kind of think it probably won't. Right. I agree. Um, and actually, yeah, Zach, I'm with you. 2D games actually really like the 3D effect. Like, yeah. I, I did actually end up playing most of Shantae in 3D. Yeah. Um, cause I just loved how, like, vibrant it was and how much it popped. Mighty Switch Force games do the, a good job, too. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, anything 3D, I, I really just can't, I can't hang with it for long in 3D. I always feel like if I turn the 3D off, then I'm, I'm like wasting the potential of the system. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way too. Like this is this is not how it was designed to look. It was designed to have the effect on, so I should use it if it's there. Yeah, but some games actually end up looking better with the 3D off because then you get like the anti-aliasing uh, yeah. and stuff like that. Like the, the it'll be smoother looking. Yeah, the frame um, like, rate know... generally drops pretty precariously when it's uh yeah. When it's never notice a frame rate drop. Oh, it's definitely noticeable in some games like uh like in Dead or Alive. It's a very noticeable difference. Well, there are some games that run in 30 frames per second in 3D and 60 frames per second in 2D. Sure. Mm-hmm. I feel so like games, uh, the yeah. games look crisper in 3D, and then when you put it into 2D mode, they look um, they look fuzzier. One thing that I really don't like, though, is my launch day 3DS. The slider is kind of difficult to keep off. Um, it Like, when you slide it all the way to the bottom, like, the slightest bump of the system will, will like, push it back up enough for it to turn back on. Oh, oh yeah, the XL solved that problem. Yeah. yeah, there's a click. Yeah, so it clicks into place, yeah. it locks launch, in, yeah. Launch day unit. Bleh. Are you still using your launch day unit? Yup, for nine wow. more days. <laughs> <laughs> eight more days, eight That's more impressive. days. That's impressive. Eight more days? Yeah, eight more days, whatever. Because we haven't really talked about that, but even the launch hardware was kind of the bad. Shitty? Especially by Nintendo standards. I would say shitty. I yeah, I guess I was being generous, but I feel like Nintendo has a pretty much a good history of making uh very durable and like uh, high quality hardware. Um my know, launch like right unit's still go. going strong though. I gave it to uh Amanda. I bought an XL and just gave her the uh the original one so she could just have a dedicated system to play like her games on as opposed to sharing like we used to do. And it still goes so works fine. To, to be fair, like it still works. I mean, yeah, it's not no, like it's not, yeah. Although I have had it, I have had it in the in repair once for like the L button. I think I, I had to send um, it in for those those uh, lines it, on the screen. I didn't get that. I got oh, lucky. I got it hardcore. I sent I sent it in for the lines on the screen once, but then like a dumbass didn't put anything on the screen to pre- prevent it from happening. Because well, you're not, you shouldn't <laughs> so. have to. You no. shouldn't have. Well, I figured when I sent it in and got it back, they would have replaced like the spacers or whatever it is that causes that to touch, <clears> like. I'm assuming, Mike, since you don't have that problem, it's because the spacers on your system are better, like thicker. I guess. That, I don't know. It's keeps... a launch unit, so. Yeah, I don't know. But I hate the fact, like, I, whenever I look at my, my launch unit and I see those stupid little vertical lines on each side of the top screen, mm-hmm. it just makes me so stupidly angry. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I mean, it's, I mean, it's terrible. It's one thing if you, like, drop it and scratch the screen, it's like, oh, well, that's on me. But you shouldn't, I mean, you shouldn't have, <laughs> Damaged your screen from closing the system. It's like a the design way it's flaw. Supposed to be closed. It's just a really bad design yeah. flaw. And, it's... and there's more than that. Like you said, the L button was notoriously bad. So many people yeah. had that like go out, and then uh, even like the hinge is really bad. Oh and yeah, loose a and, like, wobbly. the top my screen. Wobbly. My uh, my, do you guys still use your charging cradle? Well, I guess you oh, we don't get them on the 3DS stop, stop using your, 
Yeah, so I got I, the Club Nintendo charging cradle for the 3DX SXL. I got that shit right away, and I, I love it. I I I loved I loved the cradle though. Yeah, if I had an XL one, I would totally still I will use buy, it. If they put one out for the uh, for the new 3DS, I'll buy it. I'm not sure what happened, but I tried to like get mine out of storage and like set it on my end table and charge it with the cradle, and like I would I would notice the little orange light flicker whenever it was sitting in the charging cradle. It's like it wasn't being consistently powered. Like a loose connection. Yeah. I tried cleaning it out, and it didn't really help, so my my cradle is effectively useless. Man, that thing just needs to go out to pasture, huh? Yeah, <laughs> stupid launch hardware. Well, it's not it's not the first, you know, handheld they've released a beta for. Uh, they did the same thing with the DS yeah. and arguably the GBA. With the DS, though, I upgraded with, to oh, the light because Lord. it was... You needed a- to. There was no reason not to, but with the XL, there was a reason not to. If you didn't want the bigger size, True. you waited. And you you waited because you knew eventually they were going to release a 3DS Lite of some kind, and they <laughs> did not. <laughs> I would say, though, that in the case of the DS, as ugly as that, that original DS was, it was still functional. Like, I don't remember ever having any of the issues that, like, the launch 3DS yeah, had. Yeah, that's true. Uh, in terms of hideous. just falling apart. I mean, the that fucking, issue that with fucking the, thing uh, was a tank. That would never fall apart. That would survive only- a bomb blast. The only real issue with the launch 3D, with the launch DS was that you couldn't play it in the car, because it was, the screens weren't bright enough. Oh yeah. yeah. But that's, that's not, that's not a durability problem. Uh, the buttons problem. and the D-pad were kinda, they didn't really stand the test yeah. of time. Isn't it amazing to look at that original DS and just think how ugly that thing was and what it eventually became? And then the DS Lite, like the DS Lite is basically the blueprint for every DS forward. Yeah. Like yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. So ugly. The DS Lite is like, just gorgeous, and that mm-hmm. original DS is just, Atrocious, um, but yeah, I don't and then, feel and like they've ever made a, a handheld as nice looking as the DS Lite. Uh, I like the DSi. DSi is a the nice new, one. The non XL, the non XL new 3DS is really nice looking. Yeah, hmm. with the with the, I mean, not just the face place, but you know, it's got like the uh, the Super Famicom yeah. coloring. And, like, yeah, it's just a, I, I think it's a nice. That's a nice piece of hardware. Yeah. Yeah, and then even like we, like you said, Zach, like the, the Game Boy Advance being like the beta for the SP. I mean, even in that case, though, at least it again was functional hardware. I mean, yeah, you couldn't see yeah. shit without all light, uh, which sort of short-sighted at the time. But other than that, I, I like the, but it's not like it GBA. was, it's not like there was a light on the previous game. Well, I guess there, there was the Game Boy. The Game light, Boy Pocket. Oh, wait, no, Game Boy Pocket didn't have one, you're right. There hadn't no. been a, yeah. a game a Boy built in like standard. Yeah, kinda, like yeah. there was one in Japan, I guess, but like not here. So right, right, yeah. So it, it wasn't like a feature that was removed, like the ability to close your system without <laughs> being damaged. <laughs> yeah, which was a feature well, they removed for 3ds. I like that we call that a feature. Like that's not be a feature, but yeah, yeah I guess in this case. <laughs> also, for for a while there, my my A button stopped becoming responsive. I noticed that when I was playing virtual console games, when I was playing like Mega Man, I had to like jam on that button for it to work properly. Um, and so for like four months or so, I basically didn't touch my 3DS at all because I just knew it would bug. It me. had to heal. It had it had to have time to heal. <laughs> I got the Smash Brothers demo. Is I think what what fixed it was I just beat the hell out of my 3DS playing Smash Brothers, and it like. Must have dislodged some piece of <laughs> or, dust or something, and like. Or now all sense. the buttons are equally unresponsive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. So now you just can't tell the difference. <laughs> um, I really thought that was the end of my 3DS playing at that point. I didn't figure there was any chance that would yeah. come back, and it did. So July twenty eighth, two 
2011. That is when the news dropped that the Nintendo DS would get a price drop. It would be $169. So that is what a 70, what is that? 90, $80 drop. Uh, so that's within the first six months of launch. Um, which we did an emergency sometimes. newscast for that. Yeah, I, I remember that. We did, yeah, because yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah. And they also announced uh, at the same time that there would be the Ambassador Program. So if you had bought a DS, or I think you still had another like two-week span. I don't think the price drop was like day that they announced it. I think you had two weeks where you could still pick up a DS for the original price and get the Ambassador Program. Um, so then we got access to a bunch of Game Boy But Advance I don't think they'd announced and... the games yet. They had I not. Think, I, yeah, you're right. They had yeah, announced right. 10 no, free games. No, they just games. said we'll give you games, yeah. yeah. 10 free NES games, 10 free Game Boy Advance games to be named at a later date. Um, so that was all announced, yeah, July 28, 2011. Um, pretty wild, <laughs> I yeah. would say. Yeah, um, this was like one of the best like Mia Culpas Nintendo's ever had. <laughs> well, it created the expectation they'd do it again for Wii U. Yeah, it kind of did. Right? Yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone kept saying, when are they going to ambassador the Wii U? And they never did. I didn't think they would ever do that. I mean, well, I didn't it was, either, it was, but, you know. The idea was out there though, don't you oh, think? Oh, sure. Yeah, I think, I think so, but, but they've never like made a, like they clearly knew going in this is gonna piss a lot of people off. Like maybe they saw what happened to the iPhone. Like I bought the original iPhone for $600 and like four months later they knocked $200 off the price. Wow. And they caught a shitload of flack for it and then Apple like had to be like, oh shit, uh, everyone who bought, bought it for $600 gets a $100 Apple gift card. Yeah. And I was like, all right, thanks. I, I, you know, now I've only paid a hundred dollars extra. Great. I bought some incredible headphones. I was very happy. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like Nintendo saw that this is going to be a similar situation. We just took a $250 product and knocked $80 off of it. Yeah. People who bought this thing less than a year ago are going to be furious and they saw it going in and were like, we need to make sure we get out ahead of this. Uh, and they've never done anything like that. Like, since like when the eShop was, was like, pretty impred- incredible when the program. eShop was inaccessible for like, two and a half weeks after Christmas that one year, they didn't do shit. Yeah. Oh, God, I remember that. Um, yeah, so a, a pretty wild uh, wild program, and, and something I don't think we would ever see again. Um, I mean, even now, I think I feel like, like sudden price drops are even just kind of common at this point. I mean, look at the Xbox yeah. One, which this Christmas dropped the price. And then they raised the price. the price back up after Christmas, and then we're like, oh, we're sorry, we're, we'll just keep the price low again. Um so I, don't, I just feel like it's not as uncommon. Microsoft so hasn't been able to commit to a decision regarding that system <laughs> for more than a week. No, that's true. <laughs> Nintendo's never point. really had that tendency. Microsoft had that. Tendency no, Nintendo has the opposite years. tendency of sticking to their guns for far too long. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, I don't know which problem's worse. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved the Ambassador program, and I loved getting all those GBA games, and I guess to a lesser extent the Nintendo games. But to me, it was like all about the GBA stuff. And it was like, oh, wow, like, soon we'll have the GBA Virtual Console on the 3DS, and we'll have all kinds of great <laughs> uh, GBA games to play. And then that never really came to fruition. Um, you Can know, you guys clarify it? something for me about the GBA games on the 3DS? Yeah. So on the bottom screen, it says when you close the system, it does not put the hardware into sleep mode. Right. Um, and I, I always believe that to be true because it said it on the system. And I usually play with the sound off, so you don't really notice if it's do- if it's working or not. But then I heard something on... I think maybe RFN recently, where they indicated that it does, in fact, do it. And so I tried it earlier today with Metroid Fusion. I loaded it up, and then I put it into, into sleep mode with the sound on, and I could hear the sound turn off when I closed the lid. So what I think do you Metroid guys think? Fusion it... actually has a sleep mode, though. Where... Okay. But it so, does, but you have to, you have to enter it. Pressing like, L and R, I think menu. you're right. 
Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't just turn off. Like, the ability to not just close my 3DS on a whim when I'm done playing a game is what basically kept me from ever really putting any time into those GBA games. Me too. Same. If it actually worked, then I would probably go back and revisit some of those games. Yeah, I think the the sound still cuts out, because I think at at a hardware level, the system, like, stops the sound. But I do think the game keeps running. It doesn't actually stop. And the reason for that being, and, and the reason probably we never got Game Boy Advance games on the, the 3DS uh, in a virtual console fashion, is they aren't like, they, they're kind of in like a separate almost yeah. emulator where it's, it's, I think they got around it by booting the system into DS mode. And then, and into then like DS 3D, mode, into, and DS right. mode can run Game Boy games. Exactly. Right. So right. I, yeah. they didn't actually run it in 3DS mode, so it couldn't use any of the hardware level features Correct. on the 3DS, which is why you couldn't like pause out to the menu, yeah. like and go to the internet browser. Right, or Street Pass, or, or anything. Street Pass, or anything, yeah. Cause it it was looks just... and feels like a DS game. Yeah, it, yeah. Right. as far as the system knows, it's in DS mode. Kind of like how when the Wii U, and you when you play Punch-Out, it's actually just booting itself into Wii mode and just taking you right, right. into Punch-Out. It's not it's, it's, just skipping it's the, the menu. It's the SD card channel solution all over again. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's the same thing they're doing with U- Wii U. Yeah, it's like, it's emulating a, an older platform within the platform that you're playing on, so you yeah. lose all of that platform's it's functionality. It's emulating a system that is backwards compatible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really bizarre, but that that's the reason why we never got actual, like, GBA games on Virtual Console, because they never, it, I don't know if they could never get it working, well, or maybe they just now, didn't want to bother. I could, I could swear that I remember them saying at some point they were going to bring the Virtual Console oh, functionality they did. to the GBA games. They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they but, will, um, maybe the new 3DS will be able to run GBA Virtual Console with the added hardware power. It just, it just seems like it shouldn't be that difficult to run GBA games. <laughs> well, I know a PSP can run a GBA emulator, no problem. So <laughs> PSP can what? do a fucking no. new 3DS. What? Game. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> um, so yeah, the ambassador program I thought was really great. I don't know if it moved systems in that two week span before they dropped the price and, uh, or not, but I know certainly afterwards, I think the, the price drop definitely helped. And then we started to get like good games released, uh, which was nice. By, I, we had Star Fox 64 like at the end of the summer. And then, which, you know, here or there, I, I think the problem too with the 3DS is you didn't have a good launch lineup of first party titles. And then the next few you did get, while, while good games were all just like re-releases of N64 games. I don't know that that's really all that exciting. And I but, bought them both. Yep, I did too. <laughs> Just to have something but, to play. Exactly. But by the end of 2011, we got two two games. I would say one is one is good and one is, I mean, pretty much phenomenal. Uh, we had Mario Kart Seven and Super Mario 3D Land released like within a week of each That's other right, in yeah. November, December, and that was huge. Yeah, Mario Kart. It's a weird game for me. Like, it was probably the first Mario Kart game because I have them all. It was the first Mario Kart game I played, beat, and immediately never touched again. Like, really? even though it had online play, I, I played around with that, but there were some connection issues initially, and I was like, this is not... This, it was well, not... Like, Mario Kart 7 was effectively the third game in the Mario Kart Wii blueprint? Wait, no. Yes, second, Mario Kart second. DS, sorry, the Mario Kart DS blueprint. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mario Kart DS was the first game post-Double Dash, True. and it was basically... It established a formula that we've never deviated from ever since. And by the time we got to Mario Kart 7, it was like, well, I've really already kind of done this on Wii, multiple yeah. times before. And the big thing about that game was I played it a lot when it came out, and then I got really heavy into the online mode. Like, I would play the online mode a lot 
like the same with I did with Mario Kart DS, and then just like Mario Kart DS, a bunch of assholes figured out how to exploit it and made it no fun. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that now. What was the exploit in 7? Because I know DS, it was sneaking. Sneaking. There were, there were some shortcuts. There were some absurd shortcuts, but the thing is, people, you get to vote for the track you race on, so people would always vote for the tracks. But the they shortcuts. patched wow. that, though. They patched They that eventually out. patched they... it, by, but by then the damage had been done. By that time, I was just done with the game, by the time they fixed it. Yeah, see, for me, I skipped uh, Mario Kart Wii, and then, me so too. when I got Mario Kart 7, it was kind of exciting for me again. I think, I almost wonder if that's, like, how Mario Kart is going to have to be now. Like, just kind of play every other entry, otherwise you do just kind of burn out. Um, you know, unless they make some substantial change, but well, there was it, enough time between seven and eight, and eight has—I mean, eight is just blissful. It yeah, if nothing else, because of like like the just the presentation of it all. Um, but yeah, but now Super Mario 3D Land. Oh yeah, my Super Mario 3D Land. That that's the shit. <laughs> that is, I think, to this day, I think it's my favorite Mario game. Oh wow! It's, wow, it's very close for me. It's, it's either that so or Galaxy good. One. It, oh, Galaxy Mario One 3D Land was. Mario 3D Land is, to me, like Kirby Canvas Curse was to the DS, which is to say it's the first game that I could not put down once I picked it up on that on that hardware. I think it was the it first... Is the, it, is the, it was the first game on 3DS for me, Andy, that, that showed why the 3DS was necessary. And the 3D sure. effect. Sure. And the yeah, 3D yeah. effect, yeah. Like, like the reason for the system to exist. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I played that whole game in 3D. It's one of the few games that still makes, or yeah, it's one of the very few games out there that still makes the 3D into a gameplay mechanic. Yeah, there are like bonus rooms in that game that you really can't play with a 3D off. True. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it's probably one of the, yeah the only games that's really like utilized the 3D in that way. Every other game, it's just sort of like optional, I guess, because they don't want to, uh, you know, have people not be able to play well, certain you know, parts if of the game. Six-year-olds aren't allowed to use. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Did you ever? Did you guys ever get through that very, very last stage that you got to unlock Hell by yeah, uh, I did. everything? Mm-hmm. I got about that, through ha- I got halfway through like the second. I guess they call it the second quest or whatever. After you yeah. beat the game, you get like a whole another right. set of levels. Right. I got about halfway through that. So like, once you beat all of those levels, then you have to go through and get like the flagpole on right every level. The top. Yeah, top of the flagpole on every level with with both Mario and Luigi. Yeah. And you have to get all of the star coins. And once you do all of that, you unlock one final stage. And it, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it was, beating that stage was one of the, like, my proudest accomplishments <laughs> as, as a gamer. Like, it was, it took forever. It took hours. But uh, I did eventually finish that. It's probably the only, it's probably the only Mario game I've ever really truly 100%ed. Nice. That game is, um... I, what I love about that game is that, like, you can go through it and you can quote unquote beat it, and I think most people, with enough time, could beat that game. And by beat, I mean like they, I say they beat the first eight worlds. So I beat it and I was like, well, this is good, but it was like, I don't know, I thought it was a little too easy. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, J.K., here's li- you literally only halfway there. Yeah, right. And then I was that- like, oh, here's where the game really starts for someone like me. And you know, honestly, that's how the Mario games have been. Like the, yeah. the past few, even the the new Super Mario Brothers games, they're very much like that, where it's easy to get through the the core game, but then there's so much extra stuff to do that requires like sort of it's just brutally a difficult attitude. Yeah, it's just. I mean, oh my god. I mean, Jesus Christ! Like to get everything in New Super Mario, or I'm sorry in um super mario 3d world i mean you have to get yeah the top of the flagpole all the star coins and then if you want every stamp you have to beat every level with every character keeping in mind that there's actually a total of five characters in that game when you unlock rosalina so i mean like that shit is is wild um 
but yeah, no, Super Mario 3D Land is fantastic. To me, it felt like the combination of like 2D Mario with uh, Super Mario uh, 64. Like it just, it just felt perfect. It felt, I like how bite-sized the levels are. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and it was. It, it it's was the very perfect. Tiny. It's the perfect handheld Mario. Yeah. Honestly, I was just gonna say I really didn't know where they would go after Galaxy because Galaxy felt like sort of the culmination of, of the 3D Mario experience, but uh, Mario 3D Land and then eventually Mario 3D World. Uh, very much proved that like there's still a lot that you can do uh, with 3D Mario now that I, yeah, you know you're I not really messing like, with gravity and stuff. I really like what they've done with the 3D Mario World Land whatever series because they've uh, they've taken everything they learned from 3D Mario games and they took it all and they just applied it to 2D Mario games. Like the level structure, like in 3D Mario games, you're presented with these gigantic worlds where you could do like any one of 12 things to get the different stars. Uh, but in old school Mario games, like before Mario 64, you go to a level, you get through the level, you go to the next level, and you go through the next level, you go to the next level, and then you fight a boss. Like, that's exactly what they did. They just made those levels 3D, and I think it frees them in this way where, oh, this level can be all about waterfalls, and this level can be outer space absurd platforming, and then this level can be, you know, you're riding a dinosaur, and then, like, every single level is so incredibly different just from one to the next, and I think that is a huge thing that I think that's what makes me like 3D Land and 3D World. I think they're probably tied for favorite Mario game now. Yeah, I agree. Like, they're very much, each level is built around an idea rather than having a level that's like 90% each time you play it, you're retreading the same areas, and then there's like 10%, depending on the star you're getting, that's different yeah, from what you did yeah. before, which is kind of like, oh, the star is now over here, and you couldn't get it before. Like, um, yeah, I just, I, I really enjoy it. I think it did free them to create just sort of like wild, imaginative levels. It lets uh, levels. them really focus, like, this level is about this one thing. It doesn't need to be jack-of-all-trades. It can be just this one incredible concept, and then just throw it away, go to the next one. Yeah, we did that, and here's maybe five worlds later, here's a harder version of that same concept. Yeah, that game is fantastic. Um, So let's talk a little bit, though, because that kind of sums up the first year or so, I guess nine months technically, but whatever, of the the Nintendo 3DS. When did each of you really come around uh, to the system? Like, when when did it go from, oh, like, you know, this is fine, to... Wow, this is this is a fantastic handheld. Like, what what point was oh, that? Oh, 3D Land for sure. Me too. Oh, that early, yeah. huh? It was Mario 3D Land for me. Oh, jeez. Well, <laughs> now keep in mind that prior to 3D Land, like my favorite game was Code of Princess. Okay, yeah. Which which did not require the 3D, and and as far as I was concerned, until that point, the 3DS was kind of like, well, it's it's the DS too. Yeah. I used it to play DS games, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. I'm racking my brain trying to figure out what came out in 2012 for the system, now that you say all that. Well, here, let me... I can, I've got the list here. I can kind of go down and, and give you some ideas. Uh, well, the eShop came about uh, not long after the Ambassador Program, or before, because the Ambassador Program, of course, required the eShop. Right, Link's Awakening was the first uh, uh, like eShop, like virtual right, console yes, game. Yeah. yes. And I'd never played Link's Awakening, so I actually played it oh on my, my 3DS. God. I would, I loved it. I would love to be able to experience that game for the first time. Yeah, it time was fantastic. Game. I've never finished a terrible. Oh, episode. dude. Yeah. See, 2012 doesn't look great. See, for me, well, here, let's go through. Kid Icarus is the biggest, biggest game of 2012. I think. What? What was it? Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh yeah, that was right. That yeah, was March, March 29th. Um, do, 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 do. Mario Tennis Open. Mm. Uh, Theater Rhythm. 
which was very mm-hmm. good. Theater Theater Rhythm was really good. Awesome. I, yeah. I fell in hard to that game, and I don't even like Final Fantasy. Um, we had New Super Mario Bros. 2, which launched at the same time as the XL. Um, Paper both, Mario. Paper both Mario in August. Star was out that year. Yeah, August of 2012. Yeah, 2012 was not a very good no. year for this system. See, for me, what what really, and I shouldn't say turn around because I was enjoying my 3DS, but when I when I am going to look back and remember, like, what was my favorite time span for the 3DS? It's going to be, like, early 2013. Um, we had games, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening. I mean, that's probably my favorite game on the system. I, I love that game so much. Um, not only just because it, it was fun to play on the 3DS, but it, it's just a great, uh, like, push forward for that franchise. It's so great. Um, but then also at that time, you had uh, Luigi's Mansion, uh, Dark Moon. Uh, oh, Paper Mario. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country Returns. Which I never Entry- played the Wii game, so that game I really liked it. Uh, Etrian Odyssey Four, which I know you know you can kind of get into. I, I enjoyed Animal it. Crossing too, right? Uh, Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing around the same time, yeah. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, that came out in June. Those other games were kind of like March and April. So like you have that stretch there where it was like every month you were getting a fantastic 3DS game. Oh, you know what though? I I reviewed Animal Crossing, so I had it like a good month ahead of time. So oh, that's I, why you're thinking. I'm thinking of it April, as an early yeah. release because I, I remember the time that I played it very clearly because it was when I was spending a lot of time in the hospital for my father-in-law. Oh, okay. Um, so that oh, that's right. That, that reminds me a lot of that was a that was like a very momentous like m- couple of months in my life. Like I made a lot of like life decisions and had a lot of life experiences in like the same month. Um, and I played Animal Crossing throughout the entire thing. So like that really. That game really meant a lot to me at that time. Um, so for me, for me, it was like an April release. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Scott, fair. I think you're right that 2013 is overall probably far and away the best year for the 3DS. Yeah, like to me, like again, like that when I'm going to look back on the 3DS, that's what I'm going to remember. Even we had Shin Megami Tensei 4 came out. Uh, that was a little bit later in the year, but still, like that was just, it was just a good stretch of, it's of t- releases. Yeah, it's something when Mario and Luigi Dream Team is one of like the lesser titles of the right. year. Exactly, yeah. And then event, and then capping off the year, you had Pokemon X and Y. Yeah, and then Link Between Worlds. Right. Yep, yeah. Like, yeah. that is a huge year. Like, they got Pokemon and Zelda out in the same year. Yep. <laughs> Honestly, I think Link Between Worlds and Mario 3D Land are the best two games in the system. Like, I think those two games I are... pretty much agree with that. I think yeah. those two games are, like, the essentials for the entire handheld, and I wouldn't see that changing before the next thing comes out. Yeah. Unless it's a Metroid game. Well, oh, God. <laughs> yes. Yes. please. Could have so, yeah, so yeah, I, I really love Luigi's Mansion. Um, yeah, I was. I didn't play it. I played about halfway through it, and I, I never, I put it down, and I was like, I moved on to something else, and now I'm thinking, oh, I really liked the 3D effect in that game a lot, mm. uh, and I'm really, just, I'm looking forward to the new 3DS because I'm gonna finish Luigi's Mansion on that thing. Yeah, and we're that'll be our next uh, topic, but. Just to kind of uh, recap 2013 there, I, I think what's most exciting or what's most memorable for me is it, it really captured the spirit of the DS, I thought, because in that time span, not only were these great games, but they were of all like different genres and varieties, um, which to me like totally captures what the DS uh, was all about. I mean, it was such a great platform for like RPGs and puzzle games and quote unquote casual games and then platformers and, you know, all kinds of stuff. And I felt like 2013 for the, the 3DS was that. That I was mean, the year for the 3DS, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the next little topic here before we wrap well, up. Well, do we then... want to do 2014 real quick? Uh, sure, yeah. Um, let's I see. mean, I guess it's it's very re- it's in very recent memory, but I'm looking yeah. at this list of games that came out in 2014, and it's just like it just drops off a cliff. 
Yep. Though yeah, this is the really year does. where I feel like maybe the eShop finally really started coalescing and you started getting some really good indie games, like really top-notch indie games coming out on the 3DS. So SteamWorld Dig in 2014, wasn't it? Shovel Knight. Oh, like, God. Shantae. Shantae and the Pirates Yeah. Like, there's, um, you know, uh, SteamWorld Dig sucks, so I don't know why anyone was saying <laughs> SteamWorld Dig. Retro City Rampage DX came out that year. That game is amazing. The Mighty Switch Force games came out pretty early, though. Those are really good. Yeah, those were some of the first, yeah. That but as far as, like, main games, um, well, right at the... Oh, actually, hold on. Let me it's Smash Brothers last year. That was the big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. Smash Brothers. Yeah, definitely. Um, we got Bravely Default right at the start of the year. That oh, was yeah. that was a good one. Uh, but yeah, then other Fantasy than Life. That, yeah, Fantasy Life. Uh, Fantasy Life. Yeah. Tomodachi um, came out as well, and then we had like some misses. I mean, there was like Yoshi's New Island. Uh, that oh, was not so real good. Deal when did when did uh, Kirby Triple Deluxe come out? Was that 2014? Yeah, 2014. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <clears throat> that was a good one. That was good. Still haven't played that yet. Um, let's see, what else, what else? Yeah, see, there's not... <laughs> uh, Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy Curtain Call, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it drops off a cliff, really, in terms, in terms of Nintendo-published content, yeah. especially. And then we had the Pokemon re-releases, uh, you know, Mega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, those came late in the year. Uh, yeah, but that was kind of it. <laughs> it is weird, like, I was at that, I was at that E3 when they were talking about Sticker Star and and uh Animal Crossing had already come out but i i remember they were they were pushing it they were pushing the 3DS they were really putting a lot of teams on it and then they got all those games out and then they're like all right we're done well i feel like they've kind of had this issue where it it rather than having like an equal attack on both platforms every year seems to alternate between like okay this needs to be our big Wii U push cuz it's not doing well and oh my god the 3DS like we need to we need to really push the 3DS yeah, they need like about 50% more development teams right yeah. and so it seems like they're always like playing catch up on one of the platforms like like 2013 was definitely the year of the 3DS and this this year seems much more the year of the Wii U and you see that the other platforms sort of uh doesn't get as much love when that's the case um so yeah, so 2014 wasn't very good. 2015 looks like it'll be good because already we have Majora's Mask coming out, which is fantastic. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about games that we're excited to sort of revisit on the new 3DS with the improved 3D and better processing power and everything that comes with it. Um, who wants to start? Resident Evil Revelations. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Circle Pad Pro slash C-Stick. Um... This will be my first time playing on an XL, really, for more than a minute, at a, for more than like a few minutes. So, like, I'm excited to go back and kind of revisit the, the, the visuals of that game on the on the higher the higher quality screen. Maybe not higher quality, right. but the bigger screen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to go back, and I have it, I have it digitally. I think it was like ten dollars at some point. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was. I I almost bought it, even though I already had it. On 3DS and in, in on the cart, and I already have it on Wii U. So, but I almost bought it again just to get rid of the card. I have the I, I have the I have the Wii U version. I played it on 3DS initially, and then I bought the Wii U version. I need to. Man, like, we should play that, I Scott. Just, we got to play raid mode. I was just gonna say we need to we need to do some raid mode. I think it's just like the 3DS version, right? Don't you have to play so much before you can unlock like each level of raid? You, each you yes, you have to unlock each level. Uh, in, you unlock each level in raid mode by playing it in the campaign. Okay. But I think you can get online with a friend. If you join their game, you can play any level. Oh, do you have it all unlocked already? Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, we should do that. That raid mode <coughs> is really fantastic. Um, now, do we know 
games that supported the Circle Pad Pro for like for a second stick, will they automatically recognize and support the C stick? So like Andy, will you Moon be able Chronicles to jump in? Will. I think I believe so. they do. Yeah, I they believe do. the idea is that the the C stick essentially emulates the Circle Pad Pro. Okay, cool. Yeah, and because it's also got the ZL and their. I swore up and down they'd never release another har- a new piece of hardware that had that thing built in. I said I would eat my 3ds if they ever did. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a I mean, it's sauce. a shame that the C stick exists now because uh, last Pax East I bought a 3ds XL Circle Pad Pro. Did you? <laughs> wow! Uh, and now there's no reason to have it. No. <laughs> and I bought it. The, the tragedy is I bought it for Kid Icarus. Forgetting that Kid Icarus doesn't really support it at all. No, oh, yeah, it's just a left hand yeah. mode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. No, I'm lefty, and it doesn't help work for me. <laughs> oh no. No. Well, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, Thirty dollars down the drain. I, I know. For me, there's two. I'm excited. To actually, speaking of it, I'm excited to kind of give Kid Icarus another shot. Me too. Um, especially now that it's part of the like Club Nintendo uh, games, because I bought it and then I eventually sold it back because I just didn't really like couldn't really get into it. But I really want to give it another shot, especially for you know that few coins. Um, I'll just go ahead and download it's it. It's very. I've been seven hundred coins. It's the most expensive thing on the eShop. Oh wait, is it seven hundred? Yeah, seven hundred. Yeah. Oh yeah. well. I don't know then, but I do want to go back to it, so maybe we'll see. It's, I uh, it was it's, I was just playing, you know, I played the Bayonetta 2 demo when it came out, and I've been playing Wonderful 101 now that I got it from Club Nintendo, and, um, I did all too. I can think I is it's it so, like, the closest thing Nintendo has done to a platinum game. <laughs> like, with the weird level, like, with the mission structure and everything, it's just, it's so similar to, to something that platinum would do. Well, isn't, who's the developer? Isn't it? It was, um, isn't it platinum? No, it was, um, it was Sora. Grasshopper? No, it's Sora. Sakurai's company. So, oh, Sakurai. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah. It just reminds me so much of Beautiful Joe. Yep. It's got that humor. Yeah. It's, yeah. So that's a really good game to. Pirate's Curse is going to, uh, support. I mean, it's going to have new content for the XL. Oh, yeah. Really? Retro or City the, Rampage the is, um, getting an update sometime this month that will, um, take advantage. I think it's really just going to, like, speed up load times and, like, that kind of, like, code optimization stuff. Uh, but the uh, developer posted on Miiverse that he's upgrading Retro City Rampage DX uh, for the new 3DS. And then uh, my my second title it has nothing to do with the 3D, but uh, uh, Theater Rhythm Curtain Call. I have not downloaded any of the DLC because I'm just like at this point I like don't even want to <laughs> touch touch my original 3DS. I just want to like move on to the new 3DS. Plus, I don't want to have to worry about like transferring shit. So as soon as the new 3DS comes out, I'm gonna buy all that Chrono Trigger DLC. And just, <laughs> nice. I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to Smash Brothers. I was playing Smash Brothers hardcore on the 3DS when it came out. I was surprised that I liked it that much because then I realized, oh, but then I realized the way my life is right now, a portable version of Smash Brothers is actually perfect because I can take it and play it at work and I can take it and play it outside when I walk the dogs. I can, you know, it's just easy. And like, I would just leave it open, like leave the game on and just shut the system and just pick it up and have it on the Smash menu ready to go. Yeah, Zach and I uh, talked about this last week, but I've put a lot of time into the Smash 3DS. Yeah, it's really good, and I'm really, really looking forward to it with the just for the improved load times alone. Yeah, I was gonna say now yeah. it won't take ten minutes to start up anymore. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it takes it won't t- and yeah, it won't take thirty seconds when you press the home button. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can tell it's like shutting down every possible yeah. background process just to oh, run. Did you guys notice that when they added themes to the 3DS, that like it killed the like main menu performance? Oh yeah, like it went. They like completely overhauled the main menu. I think when they released those themes, uh, and like my 3ds just runs like a dog now. It's awful. The, yeah, my XL runs all right, but it definitely takes a long time to populate 
Um, anything that's like on the SD card and not on the system's baked in memory, it takes yeah, a little takes longer to populate it. Um, so I'm look, I, I feels like something they did that because they were updating it for the new 3DS and they got it running good enough on the OG 3DS. Yeah. 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 I want to play Luigi's Mansion again. Like I said earlier, I never finished it and that game I thought looked stunningly good in 3D. It's one, I think it's made one of the best looking 3DS games. Uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to, to playing that one again. Yeah, the multiplayer was really funny, fun in that. My wife I ne- and I played a ton it. of the multiplayer. Oh, it's so good! You you should you should definitely play it if you can get I have no Amanda friends. or someone to play with you. No Amanda friends. wouldn't play. She's not into it. No, she only likes uh, like life sim games. Oh, okay. And sim puzzle games and some action games, but not many. Okay. Well, I'm like halfway through a replay of A Link Between Worlds on Hero Mode, um, and I kind of stalled on that nice. for a little while. But I think I might go back to that when um, I get my new 3DS, just because I'm gonna be. I'm going to be itching just to play anything on it because it's new hardware, so. Well, you'll um, get Majora's Mask, won't you? I am going to get Majora's Mask. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to wait on Majora's Mask, even though I'm getting the Majora's Mask XL. <laughs> That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. If I can find that. that XL in town, I'm going to get it. But yeah, I think I might wait a bit on Majora's Mask just because I've got other stuff to play right now. Sure. I'm, sure. I'm getting it. I never gave Majora's Mask like a real earnest try when I was a kid. I Coming off of Ocarina, I mean, I was probably... God, what year did Majora's Mask come out? Was that 99? 97 uh, or 98? That was 2000. 2000. Wow. It came out in 2000. Yeah, yeah. didn't Ocarina come out in 98? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's oh, right. Ocarina it was, was 98. The, it was okay. the dying gasp of the N64. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, so I would have been like 14. Yeah, oh so like I, the whole like managing the clock and like having to get stuff done at a certain time. I mean, I feel like I couldn't even get out of the start of the game without like getting killed by the moon. Um, and I didn't have yeah, a player. I was like guy seven. I was like seventeen, and I tried to replay it on Wii Virtual Console. Me too. Uh, and I got Couldn't further. Do it. I could not. Do I got it. further, but then I kind of petered out because something else came out, and I was like, eh. yeah. so I'm like a little apprehensive about even getting it. So I think I'm gonna try and like maybe wait to get it when it's on sale, uh, because I feel like there's like a, a Mike, good it's chance a Nintendo I'm gonna game. It's out. not going on sale. Yeah, it's that's true. It's gonna well, but what will go on sale are eShop cards. Yeah, that's true. And oh, when yeah. eShop cards go on sale, every Nintendo game is on sale. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's how I got Bravely Default. Actually, that's how I got. I got. Well, you never know what sort of like rewards program they're going to come up with after Club Nintendo goes away. Yeah, I got true. Tropical Freeze a week after launch for like thirty five dollars because eShop cards went on sale. Nice. I think Majora's Mask was like the first Nintendo game I ever pre-ordered. Like that was when I was like a, a sophomore in college. You got to get that lenticular, uh, the lenticular sticker on the cartridge. Yeah, I don't have it anymore because I don't have anything that I ever had anymore. But uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to playing it. I actually did replay it on Virtual Console about four years ago, three or four years ago. God, it's been a long time. Um, so I've played it somewhat recently, but I'm excited to go back to it. I, I was really I think, fond of Ocarina 3D. Like, I didn't yeah. think I, I got that game because I wanted something to play, and I didn't think I would finish it because I played it before and I've beaten it like Me two too. or three times. And I ended up playing and beating it again because it was that enjoyable to play in 3D with like the things like the gyro aiming was like a great addition to that game. So was, it just looked a lot. Better. I was just really afraid they, when I went back to Majora on Virtual Console that I would like it would like not hold up to my fond memories, but it totally did. So. Yeah, so I'm looking oh, okay. forward to uh, to trying out Majora on the new 3DS because they did Grezzo did such a good job on Ocarina. Yeah, that I feel like I have to give him a shot. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that'll pretty much do it for this segment. Um, thanks for taking this little trip down memory lane uh, with the original 3DS with us. Um, I guess probably tune in in like two weeks. Maybe we'll just get the same crew together to talk about how much we're loving our new 3DS. Yeah, <laughs> I like that idea. That would be fun. And still playing um, Picos 3D on it. There you go. Yeah. Only game that matters. Picos 3D in 2D. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they need to release Picross 3D on the eShop on the Wii U so I can play it through again. They need to make another one. On another system. They need to make another yeah. damn Picross yeah. 3D. It's yes. absurd. Come on. Come on. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, Andy, Mike, and Zach for being here. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Welcome to this segment on Zelda Majora's Mask 3D. My name is Nicholas Bray, and I'm joined by Curtis Bonds. Hello, Curtis. Hey there. Hey, how you going? Uh, I could be a little better. I'm still getting over a sickness, but uh, otherwise I'm good. That's good, that's good. So, uh, how have you been enjoying Majora's Mask 3D? Uh, I've been enjoying it quite a bit. <coughs> uh, excuse me. I, I have been enjoying it quite a bit. That's uh, good. So, um, before we get into the newest version. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the your like, original experiences with the game, like just to get some context. Uh, what do you What are your feelings towards Majora's Mask in general? Uh, Majora's Mask was a very special game, I should say. Um, I first got it, I think it was for my either my birthday or Christmas uh, back. I want to say around two thousand. That's yep, probably when two, the game came yep. out. Uh, yeah, I got it for Christmas from my sister, uh, you know, cause I was a big N64 fan and, you know, I, there was not really a whole lot to play, uh, around that time. But, uh, yeah, I was a, I was a fairly new Zelda fan as well. Like I just started getting into all the Zelda games and, uh, Majora's Mask was like on my radar quite a bit. So I, so I was really excited to start playing that and, uh. I was very confused, to say <laughs> to say the least, uh, when I first started playing the game because you know I knew there's some sort of time mechanic to the game, but I wasn't really aware of <coughs> I wasn't really aware of how restrictive you know a time limit could be. So it's just I ended up actually losing the game uh before i even got to uh well before i even got my ocarina back uh that happened to me as well i um i think i died like 
two times. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the beginning of the game is quite obtuse. Um, or it was for me back in yeah back in the day. Because um, cause back, back in those days, just like I didn't really have a whole lot of games. Like I was so just out of the loop when it came to game news and like, you know, new releases and just the whole kind of vast world of video games. Cause I just didn't know, like everything I knew was either, <coughs> ah, excuse me. Everything I knew was either on the TV or what I saw, saw in the video rental shop or on Nintendo.com. Like I didn't, I didn't bother like looking up any sort of like you know expanded previews. I didn't even know sites like IGN existed or Gamespot. So I was just yeah. So I just went into that game blind, and uh, yeah, I was not prepared for just how obscure this game could really be. Yeah, I I got the game around the same time as you, and. uh I ended up having to resort, like, resorting to a guide for, like, a, a lot of the game because it, it was just so, it seemed, like, impenetrable to me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't even know that was an option until, like, way later because, like, after I had lost uh, that part, after the moon had crashed into Termina, um, I was, I, I had just not touched the game for several months after that. Right, was just yeah. like, okay, I don't know if this game is for me. Then I decided, you know you know what, maybe I should give this game another shot. And now it's around this... Oh, hold on, I'll that's my phone. Uh, Zordon calling. Yeah, I know. Uh, he he really wants me to take care of that monster in the abandoned warehouse district, but I gotta talk about Zelda. Sorry, man. Um, but yeah, uh, that was... Yeah, a few months down the line, I decided to <coughs> give that game another shot because that was around the time where I started discovering sites like IGN and GameFAQs and things like that. And, and after I, you know, started looking up walkthroughs and stuff like that, I got way more into the game and was able to fully complete it, like 100%, like, you know, get through all the dungeons, collect all the masks eventually, and, yeah, I, after that, I was absolutely in love with the game. Yeah, even um, playing it with, a, like, a guide mostly, it doesn't, like, you know, you got a different experience, but it doesn't diminish sort of you know, the investment in the world and the interactions that you still you still do and stuff. So yeah, that that probably is what got me interested in just like kind of <coughs> Gonzo like bizarre storytelling. Like you know, I was I was very straightforward as a kid, and even as an early teen, it's just like something has to be funny or just like happy i wasn't really into anything that was like very serious like probably probably the most serious thing <coughs> i was into at the time was probably friggin digimon <laughs> cuz you know cuz that was that was a show that got me into like you know character development and relationships between everybody and you know there was just bizarre stuff going on in that show as well but majora's mask was the one that kind of solidified okay I finally understand, like, abstract, weird types of storytelling and, you know, universes and things like that. And, you know, that was what I really loved. It was just everything was just so strange and unfamiliar. It just, like, it was it was creepy. It was, a, it was an unsettling game. Had you played Ocarina before? I had played Ocarina of Time, yeah. Oh, that's and, good, yeah. Mm. And, yeah, that was... 
I think, <coughs> oh, excuse me, I think Ocarina of Time was the first Zelda game that I actually gave a proper chance to. Like, I played A Link to the Past a little bit. I played the first two Zeldas a little bit. But at the time, <coughs> excuse me, at the time, those kinds of games were just a little bit too complex for my simple gamer brain. <laughs> but, uh, once, once, but once I started really getting into it, I was just, I was hooked. I was hooked into Zelda and, you know, I was been a lifelong fan ever since, uh, you know, despite ups and downs of the franchise. And, uh, Majora's Mask was the game that pretty much made me, like, made me a Zelda fan, like, for life. Yeah, yeah, that it basically solidified my um, fandom as well, because I, I'd, I'd only played Ocarina of Time previously, and only about a year and a half before, so like having a direct sequel to Ocarina in like a year after, a year after I played it or whatever was quite exciting. But anyway, let's um, jump forward and start talking about the remake. So what are your initial thoughts on some of the changes or the graphical upgrades and things like that? You know, uh, once I started the game, I was actually uh, very surprised at just how beautiful the game looks. Like, <clears throat> you know, I was I was kind of impressed by Ocarina of Time, but uh, the 3D remake of Ocarina of Time, but at the same time, I felt like, you know, it just felt... Aside from, like, frame rate changes and Link's model, it just felt like an kind of a polished-up version of the original Ocarina of Time on N64. Uh, but I, f- I don't know if maybe it's just... Uh, how long has it been since I've played the original Majora's Mask, but I feel like they've done way more in this version of the game to make it look like a current generation handheld game than they did with Ocarina of Time. Like, it looks absolutely phenomenal. Like, even as old as that game is, they still managed to make it look just so vibrant, so alive, and but at the same time, it doesn't lose any of that uh, kind of mystery or just unsettling nature to it. Well, that's that's good. Like the the tone is like different, but it's you know ma- mainly intact still. Like, yeah, yeah. The tone yeah. is the tone is totally the same. It just looks amazing. The one area that I've like noticed in videos um, that is like has a quite of a shocking change to me was the. Just outside, like in the swamp, the first area, like, uh, you leave the field and mm-hmm. you go into the swamp area. Like that's got like actual trees with geometry now and like bushes on the side instead of just the flat, the flat wall the texture. Flat, yeah, yeah. Like that area looks a lot more lush and alive yeah, that, now. Yeah, that's definitely the case for the entire game. Everything just looks hmm. more alive, just more physical and not just some just weird flat texture. And yeah. it's just that was like greatly appreciated that it just that they just went so far above and beyond just simply just re-releasing the game on a handheld. Mm. Now I've been actually been playing Ocarina of 3D the last couple of days a little bit, and um, I've actually noticed in when this when there's a lot of stuff on the screen or whatever, it does drop in frame rate a little bit sometimes. Still, Has, have you noticed any frame rate drops in Majora's Mask? Was that we? when you're breaking lots of pots or 
you know, not like that. very often. I, you know, I was actually playing. Uh, I was going through uh, one of the temp, one of the early, one of the early temples, uh, the Snowhead Temple, uh, trying to find all like all the fairies that I missed, and uh, I had noticed when I was uh, Goron Link, there was like a path of giant snowballs that I was trying to punch through, and each snowball has like magic jars and hearts and stuff yeah. like in it, and you know, doing that just punching a bunch of snowballs and having stuff fall out uh one after another there <coughs> excuse me there was uh a little bit of lag but it wasn't yeah but you know that was like the only point i ever really noticed any sort of like frame rate hiccup or anything like that mm, but that but that's like such a rare occurrence like there's no other point in the game where you have to punch through four giant snowballs and have items come out. So it's just it's just it's, um it's forgivable, but it's still just kind of weird. <laughs> it's just something I thought of um because like I I didn't I'd played Ocarina of Time 3D like a few years ago and I didn't remember any jobs and then I was noticing a few on this run through and I was like oh I wonder if I wonder if like there's still a bit of hiccups here and there but that, yeah it's like it's minor it's a minor, <laughs> minor yeah thing. um next. We'll talk. Have we talk about the um, some of the gameplay changes? So, the one of the biggest changes was would be like the bombers and notebooks. It's been expanded and reworked a bit. So, how does that work now? Um, where do um, you get it in the game? Or yeah, you yeah, um, you still get it around the same time. I think maybe a bit earlier. Um, you know, like I said, I have not played the original Majora's Mask in quite some time, so uh, some of my... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, you're going to have to do a lot of edit on this show. Um, <laughs> um, there are... So a lot of changes are either really subtle or I just don't remember if it was in that place or not. But, uh, yeah, you get the Bomber's Notebook, and I feel like the Bomber's Notebook is a lot more in-depth uh, this time around. Uh, yeah, I used to find it, like, not very helpful when <laughs> I tried to use it. It just, yeah, I didn't really get it too much, you know? Yeah, Um. so whenever you complete an important task, the Bomber's Notebook will actually pop up and kind of describe what you've done and give you kind of a hint as to uh, what needs to be done next. Or, like, it'll still keep those notes in mind if you have to go back to the first day. So you can easily keep track of what you've done before and if you need to redo something. And, uh, yeah, it's quite helpful, if not a bit kind of jarring, because it just... that I remember it not being that intrusive in the original game. I mean, some um, people... Yeah, I remember you just yeah, you just you had just, to go physically check it, otherwise you yeah. wouldn't know, yeah. Yeah, in this game, it just pops up any time you do something of any sort of, <coughs> excuse me, any sort of significance to get, like, a certain mask, or, yeah, most, yeah, it's mostly just to keep track of how you get masks, or certain different accomplishments of, yeah, side, just side quests in general. So, you'd say, um, the changes is, is much more useful this time around. Like, yeah, it's it's you... way it's way more useful. Um, personally, I don't mind that it kind of. I, personally, I don't mind that it pops up because uh, it just saves me the trouble of having to look up a game facts walkthrough. 
Yeah, yeah. I, like, I sort of understand some people being like, oh, no, they're, they're changing the game, making it easier. But I still feel that Majora's Mask was so sort of obtuse in a, in a way. Yeah. Right? It, need, I, it did need it. Yeah, it's... <coughs> like, I probably would not have had any issues with the game when I first played it had, you know, the Bomber's Notebook come up like it does in the 3DS version. But, uh, you know, I was... You know, I eventually became knowledgeable enough to look up walkthroughs, and, you know, it didn't become a problem. But I feel like this is a good thing for people that always wanted to experience the game but were put off by how restrictive the time could be and were just, like, left out in the cold of what to do. But uh, I do kind of... Excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Excuse me. Jeez, I am so sorry. Um... I do, I do kind of feel like it should have been an option. Like to like maybe just leave it on by default but give the player an option to just turn it off. Turn off notifications or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know just have it fill have it fill out uh you know when you complete certain tasks but yeah if it might it might have been better if they just gave people the option. I mean I pers- I personally don't mind it but the option would have been nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that will sort of lead into the the other big change would be the uh, saving structure. Now you can just save whenever you feel like. Have you felt that that's changed the way you've played the game at all? That's not particularly true. Um, there, you can't save anywhere you want, but there are more. Oh, sorry, you, uh, wherever there's a statue. Yeah, yeah, there are more frequent statues to save at, and. Uh, you know, I don't mind that. I mean, it's a portable game, and any way of giving me more options to save is a welcome change. Like, if, like, because I, I was playing this mostly when I've been out and about these past couple weeks, and, uh, yeah, having, being able to save, save more frequently, uh, did not hinder my enjoyment at all, because, like, you know, I could be, you know, I could just be putting the game down uh, to, you know, transfer to another train or bus or something, or to be waiting in line or something that have to go in somewhere. And uh, sometimes the battery would be on its way out because I'm playing playing it so much and doing street pass and all that stuff. Um, so having, having save statues more strewn about was extremely helpful in that case, and I think that was a good decision that they made. Mm. Even because like the most the the complaints are sort of like uh, you used to play the song of time, and so you had to sort of make that conscious decision. Oh, I, am I have I done everything right so I can save the game and reset the reset the time, you know? But um, I I sort of agree with you. Like now that it's a portable game, it's it's a bit you know it needs to be a bit more lenient on you know portable players saving it to make sure that, you know, the battery doesn't die. <laughs> so whereabouts are you into the game now? Like, how far are you through it? Uh, I'm almost done with it. Uh, I've been kind of in a weird kind of situation uh, with the game, but I, I'm fair, I'm almost done with it. I'm, at the, I'm almost finishing the fourth temple. Um, but yeah, uh, so one of the other changes... Um, 
that I was going to mention was uh, that they added the same stone that was in Ocarina of Time 3D that was in the Temple of Time, where you would just crawl into it and you would kind of get a vision of where you needed to go next or what you needed to do next in case you were kind of lost. So they have the stone uh, within the clock tower where you first meet the happy mask salesman. And (coughs) right off the bat, I think that's one of the better chain, one of the better places to have that. Cause in Ocarina of Time, uh, you couldn't really get to that stone very easily unless you were adult Link. Because, because when you were, when you start the game, when you start, when you start the game in Ocarina of Time, when you're still a young Link, you have to start at your house in, uh, Kokiri Village, and uh, you have to travel all the way to the Temple of Time to crawl into that stone. I think there may have been one in the village as well, but uh, I don't remember there next being to one. his house. Maybe hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure if that was just a regular gossip stone or not. I can't remember. Uh, I don't quite remember either. But I just only, re- yeah, I only remember it being in the Temple of Time. But uh, right off the bat, it's. <clears throat> it's a very welcome change to have it within the clock tower because it's such a central location in the game. Like it's not just kind of shoved off somewhere like the Temple of Time. Um, because, you know, like I was saying earlier, how convenient it was to have more frequent save spots um, in the in Majora's Mask 3D, uh, it's actually more convenient to have that gossip stone in this game because... Uh, how, cause, because of how obtuse the game can be at times, and sometimes if you just are just playing it on the go, then you have to shut it off for, you know, a few hours to go and do something else. Uh, it's, it's always been, it's been kind of hard to remember where you were or what you were doing, uh, because you have your mind focused on so many other things. But, uh, now that this, uh, special gossip stone is in the clock tower, I can easily just get there by, you know, playing the song. I could just crawl in there, and it gives you a plethora of options um, in terms of what, what what you can find. Like, it has, like, the general walkthroughs of, uh, you know, each temple and each area that you go to, and it was very, very, very helpful. Um, there, there's also an option to look up the great, the great fairy piece locations, like the great fairy gets split up in each dungeon Okay, and it'll tell, it'll tell you like, you know, kind of give you hints of where to find those. And it also gives you hints on where to find the heart pieces, all the heart pieces in the game. Oh, okay. That's good. Because so, this game yeah. has the most heart pieces of any Zelda game. I think it's like what forty something. Yeah, there's quite a lot to find since yeah, there's you know there's so few less bosses. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah that that's really helpful because, uh, you know, like I like I said, it's just it's tough to keep track of where you are when you have to you know go and do so many things like in actual real life, and I feel like that's going to help a lot of people who were. Um, who felt lost in the original game? You know, like like the Bomber's Notebook. This is something that I feel will make the game more appealing to people who just gave up, and and people that don't have like just an instant access to like a walkthrough or whatever. Uh, even though most people do with like smartphones and stuff like that, but it's still <coughs> it's 
excuse me, it's still very nice to just have that within the game. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it helped me quite a bit. So (laughs) I'm happy. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, we'll just finish up with a couple of other little minor, more minor things. Like I've got a question about the Icona well with the redeads, the, the trading sequence in there. You had to bring them like, you know, five beans and a bucket or something, you know, like, <laughs> the, um, and beforehand you didn't really, you had to go, like, you had to go to the, the redeads or the gibbos or whatever, and they'll tell you what they want. And then you'd have to go get it. And you come back and there's another one. You gotta find out what he wants. You gotta go out inside and go get it or whatever. Um, has that been, like, changed at all? Um, you know what? Like, like I said, I, it has been so long since I played the original game that I, if there has been a change, I haven't really noticed. Like, there are some, there are some games of, there are some things in Majora's Mask that have stuck out to me more than others and that, that part, what, uh, wasn't something that I fo- that I fondly remember. So, um, if there were any changes, uh, it was probably for the better <laughs> because I didn't. Yeah, I'm really... hoping I'm hoping that it's like they've included more of the requirements inside the well or whatever. But... I think, yeah, <laughs> I think so. Uh, yeah, like I said, I it's uh it's hard to real it's hard to really talk about any specific changes because, yeah, I just. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I just that's don't right. rem- don't remember uh, from the original game. What did you um think of the boss fights? Because I know they've been tweaked a bit and uh, updated a little bit. Um, the boss fights are definitely felt a little easier. Uh, I remember as a, as a kid when you know when I was originally playing this game, uh, I had a lot of <coughs> I had a lot of difficulty with the bosses. And, uh, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I had, I, I just, I'm just better at games now, but, um, <coughs> ah, excuse me, uh, maybe it's just I'm better at games now, but, no, 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 uh, it actually is kind of easier, uh, specifically the Snowhead boss, um, it was kind of difficult, I remember, in the original game, because you had such limited control over the camera and this is actually where playing on the new 3ds came in handy um because i have a little uh c stick above the buttons it was easier to actually maneuver the camera around that whole uh track i guess you would call it well i think it's like a circular yeah it's like a circular track and uh it was kind of, I remember it being kind of difficulty in the, in the original game because it was hard to keep track of where you were going because it wasn't always perfectly aligned of where, where you would be kind of rolling around. But, uh, with the C stick, I could easily just like keep kind of tilting the camera to the left or to the right to, uh, kind of keep myself going forward and, uh, hitting all the necessary ramps and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I actually, I actually think yeah, they're a little, they're a little, they're a little easier. I would say because I know they added those um like graphical enhancements, like the eyes poking out and like they've got that thing going on now. Yeah, they all have they all have a kind of an eye, like a giant, like kind of reddish yellow eye as a weak point. 
So that's, I guess that's a little more apparent. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that was something I didn't really, that was something I was kind of surprised by myself. Because, uh, like, I <coughs> fight, I was fighting these bosses, like, I don't remember their, them having a giant eye. Like, what the hell's going on? Um <laughs> Because it's meant to be like um, a reference to the Majora's Mask eye, I think, uh, from the mask and stuff. But yeah, so yeah, that's definitely something they've. That's that's actually probably why I think they're easier. Like now that I think about it, because yeah, I I don't remember that eye in the original. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool about the the C stick camera coming in in handy. That's actually I wish they would patch Ocarina. To add that in now. That would be nice, but I feel that, like that. Yeah. I feel like that game has just come and gone for Nintendo. I know, I know, but it'd be such a like quick patch to throw out there. Just <laughs> give it some camera control. Maybe I, I, you know, I would have to wonder how quick a patch that would be, because like you know, because that was before 3DS games even had the ability to be patched. I know. I assume it would probably you know take them a bit, but like. It's just so they, would, yeah. So they would, they would probably have to do some work to that because that was like, I, w- I want to say that was actually planned to be a launch title, but I mean it didn't come out until it didn't come out until May. But I feel I feel like that was like you know their quote launch window that 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 term they like to throw throw around quite a lot. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't really expect them to go back to Ocarina in time. No, I don't expect it, but it'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, it'll be nice. It'll be nice to have dual stick controls in Kid Icarus Uprising too, but you know, uh, that's yes, never going to happen yes. because of Nintendo. <laughs> okay, so we'll um, wrap this up now. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, mention or uh, add from your time playing the new version? Um, let's see. Uh, I want to say, oh yeah, they another kind of convenient. <coughs> Another uh convenient change that they made was uh the map. I want to give compliments to like the whole map and touchscreen interface uh that they added to the game which is, you know, similar to Ocarina of Time 3D. Uh there were so many times in the original Majora's Mask where I would just get lost in Clock Town of all places because it, sometimes it could be very disorienting of I know, where... like sometimes you're not sure which uh, exit to take. Yeah, like sometimes I think I'm going to like the north part of town when I'm actually going to like East Clock Town, and it's just like, wait, this isn't where I'm supposed to go. And, uh, you know, they display the entire map on the touchscreen, like the entire map of Clock Town, so I'm <clears throat> never confused as to where to go, uh, which made, which made that first part of the game where you're, you know, uh, Deku, or you're a Deku scrub, and uh, yeah, it made it made it much much easier to get through that part of the game and just navigate the world in general. And you know that was a very welcome change. Uh, you know the touchscreen stuff is you know awesome because I can you know equip an extra item to different touchscreen slots and you know have just their dedicated ocarina button and dedicated mask buttons and gear and. Stuff like that. It's just every little thing about what they did to make this a portable game. I feel like, <coughs> excuse me, I feel like was a very good choice on their behalf. I mean, there are a lot of people, a lot of purists who feel like there a lot of these changes kind of ruin the experience. But you know what? It's 
I feel like for a portable game, I feel like it should be a little more excusable because it's we don't play like people don't really play portable games in the same way that they do console games. Like if they did like an HD remake of <coughs> Majora's Mask on the Wii U, uh, maybe I would see some of these changes as kind of weird. But uh, you know, I'm playing this on the go, and any sort of change they could make to make it a more streamlined and pleasant experience to play on the go, I'm all for. And they went above and beyond, in my opinion, uh, with everything that they've added to just make it more convenient to play, make it more sensical to play, and yeah. just and just more fun to play, really. Well, that's, that's good, yeah. Like, like you were saying, having it as a portable game requires some degree of uh, thinking about the user experience. Like, just, you know, people can't play a three-hour chunk without saving these Exactly, days, yeah. But, um... Okay, well, that'll probably do it. Uh, thanks, Curtis, for joining me on this segment. Oh, you're very welcome. It was, a very, it was uh, quite a pleasure, even though I was coughing into your ears most of the time. <laughs> That's all right. Okay, um, bye, everyone, I guess. Bye. Bye. Alright everyone, that will do it for episode 167 of Connectivity. As always, you can send your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. I'll be sure to rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't done that yet. And follow all of us on Twitter. Go to nintendoworldreport.com and look for the Twitter sidebar on the right-hand side of the page to find all of our usernames there. We will see you next week. <laughs>